0: Getting all these things back up on me. I have a couple of, uh, announcements that I want to
1: make and one would be dealing with the COVID, uh, situation that's going on. Uh, I, I've heard rumors that we may be moving back to purple tears in the near future. And so all I can suggest is that you watch your emails. We will email as many of you as we have emails for and, uh, and watch the, the website, uh, uh, the church website. We'll let you try to let you know somehow one way or the other of what's going on if it changes and we go back to the purple tier. But, uh, we're not there right now and we're here together to worship and praise the Lord. And, uh, happy birthday, Grant. Oh. <laughs> so we got to sing happy birthday yes happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear grand happy birthday to you i won't i won't tell you who it Who let me know? But both of them are in your family, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I won't take long. Um, In our prayer needs this morning, I think that just specifically to pray for our nation, as where we need to go this morning, and what my prayer is revival in the church and awakening. In, uh, a, a, a God awakening, of, uh, of like of old. And, uh, so that's how we'll pray this morning. Would you join me, please? Father, we come this morning realizing that all of us need sometimes a, a, a boost in, in our walk with you. And, and so we ask for revival within the church. We ask, Lord, that you would cause the church to rise up and and be confident in its, in your word, be confident in its place, and, and, uh, be willing to, to share with anyone at any point, at any time, uh, your word, your grace, your mercy, your love. And Lord, as we do that, we pray for not only revival in the church, but an awakening. And, uh, we don't just pray that uh, for our nation. We pray, pray that for uh, for the, the 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 world as a whole. But we we pray for an outpouring of Your Holy Spirit and a, and a changing of people's lives and a drawing into Your presence uh, for our nation. And we we put this before You and we commit it to You, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, this morning. Uh, See, so your readings, if you haven't done your reading for today, your reading should now be up through Genesis. I think it's 31 and uh, Psalm 9. And uh so, uh, it, you know, I, I encourage you to stay up with it because each week we're going to be preaching out of each, some part of the reading that you've been doing the, the, the previous week. So today we're going to be looking... At God's covenant with Abraham. And as I began this, I realized I'm either going to have an extremely long sermon or, uh, or a very brief sermon. So, you know, let your prayers roll as it goes. (laughs) Uh, um, But we, in this, it's necessary for the way I look at it to jump back to a message that we've already shared and go back to Genesis chapter three, uh, where the fall happens and God is, uh, you know, speaking at this point to the serpent of the consequences of, of, of the fall and the sin and his part of it. And,
0: uh, The Lord says in in verse 14 of chapter 3, Because you have done this, referring
1: to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And this is where I really want to focus for a moment. I will put enmity between you and the woman. In other words, I'll put strife, uh, uh, a distance, a, a sense of, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And uh, he shall bru- uh, her offspring is, is is it says he shall bruise your head you shall bruise his heel. So Satan was given a picture of what was coming ahead. And, and he says, you are going to bruise his heel. And I know that I, I preached enough on this. I don't have to go into great detail about it, but the idea is if you, if maybe you've done this, you've stepped somewhere or you've stepped in such a way that you've pulled a tendon or something in your ankle. And as soon as you put pressure on that foot, you, you, you fall. Okay. And that's the idea is once you fall, you're at your enemy's mercy. And, and so that's the picture. And, and so he says, you're going to bruise. His heel, and it's going to appear to you that you've got it. But he's going to bruise your head. Okay, now he can't bruise his head unless he survives the bruising of his heel. You know, in other words, Satan can't, you know, Satan's plan is going to fail. His, and, and he will bruise your head, which means to to completely undo all of your authority and all of your ability. And ultimately, we see that in the end uh, of of Revelation. So this is important is is that we start to see this because there's a turn that goes with this idea of, of looking for Christ in the Old Testament. And here we see him clearly. And this idea of his heel being bruised is the beginning of what uh, some have t- uh, uh, labeled the scarlet thread. And uh, I just want to, uh, uh, you know, W.A. Criswell uh, wrote a, well, I shouldn't should say he wrote. He preached a
0: sermon that ended up in a booklet 48 pages long. Preached for hours and it's called the scarlet thread and it's worth
1: downloading it's available on online you can download it for free and and uh it's it's worth reading and it tells of all the things that point to what Christ will do the scarlet thread his shed blood is the picture of that of all the way from Genesis chapter 3 through to the end of Revelation and and, and it's a powerful uh read um so here we start with this idea is that what we're following as we go through the Old Testament is we're following the seed that will bruise the head of Satan. Because all through the Old Testament, the, all the references that go to talking about Christ, about who he is, where he'll be born, uh, his lineage, all these different things, only one person can possibly Fulfill. Uh, if you're really interested in that, uh, Josh McDowell's book, uh, Evidence the Demands of Verity, and More Than a Carpenter, there's a number of things. And he's also got an, uh, an awesome website. Uh, and it, it, the idea is, is that if you were to look at the mathematical odds of one person being able to fulfill all these prophecies that Jesus, it's, it's to the point where you would say it can't happen and if it does happen it means he is the one and that's what we're looking at so as we follow this we uh will be following the, the 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 lineage of Christ as we go through this and and that includes Abraham um we're looking at the idea of a covenant a covenant is a a an agreement or a maybe a better term would be a promise between two people or two parties two groups of people to perform certain actions and uh the old, old testament records s- several covenants that that were made where god promises to do something and uh one of them would be uh and I just I'm just picking a few of them out the covenant that was made with noah what did god say to noah after, after the flood and, and it was over, and God says there's even something that will go in the sky with a rainbow to be a mark. He will keep this promise. What did God promise? He'll never flood the earth again. Okay. So we know that, that, you know, God says, I will never destroy the world with a flood, never again. A, a covenant that he made with Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, uh, verses one through three, which we will look at with, uh, more detail in a moment. But it's, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Uh, I will bless those who bless you and, and, and him who dishon- uh, dishonors you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a powerful three verses. And so that's a covenant that God has made. And uh, the, uh, So the covenant with Abraham. He's going to be a great nation. He's going to bless Abraham. He's going to bless the nations of the world and all of the earth, all the people of the earth through Abraham. Uh, he made a covenant with Israel in reference to the promised land. We can look in, through that in, in Exodus, he made a, a covenant with David that he, David would have a descendant who would sit on his throne and rule forever. And so, uh, you can go to second Samuel, get a lot of that. And then, and then God promised a new covenant with Israel in Jeremiah 31. One that would be written where? On our hearts. So, we have all of this, this picture of, of covenant. Uh, the covenant with Abraham is the one I want to focus in on today. And like I said, a lot of your reading, uh, this last week has covered the life of Abraham. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I think, let's see, the, the, the life of Abraham, we start picking it up in, in chapter 11, uh, of Genesis and, 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 uh, up through chapter 25. Of, of Genesis so uh
0: took up a lot of our readings this last week now this promise uh is it starts with the the call of
1: Abraham Abraham you, you must come and Abraham was obviously already in 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 the mindset that as soon as God was speaking to him and God was working on him he was willing to come he came out of the city of ur and people say well what's a big deal about that ur was pretty sophisticated as cities go of that era and he was he was drawn to live in tents in a wilderness so i would say that's a pretty significant lifestyle change um, and he he you know god promises these these specific promises uh and in chapter 15 he gives details and one of the things was God says uh, I want you to create a an offering. It had to do with animals, uh, animal offerings, and that they were to be uh, the offerings were to be side by side, creating a pathway through their middle. And what that would do in, in the Old Testament cultures was the people would walk through that, cementing their covenant with each other, and their their whatever their agreement had been. To make. What God was cementing here was what He promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. But the interesting thing is, God alone walks through this pathway between the offerings, which means He is taking responsibility for it to happen. And what it tells us is that it can only happen if God wills it in His purpose. So what we're saying is, this is this what God is promising Abraham. It is going to happen. It's it's a done deal. If and 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 it's going to happen. And so we we'll go back to this uh, picture of of uh, you know Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. Uh, God's promises. I'm, I'm putting here are unconditional. They're going to happen. There's nothing that can interfere with
0: them. He takes full responsibility for bringing his promises to fruition. We also have a picture of the scarlet thread here.
1: There was the shedding of blood to to, to create this pathway in the sense of the
0: offerings when you read through it. So let's go back to to the the picture here. It says, the
1: Lord said to Abraham, chapter 12, verse 1, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So the first part of this relationship, the first part that that reflects this covenant, is that there is a land that he's going to be given. And he's told later on in in chapter 15, and and, and there's more about it in chapter uh, uh, 17 as well. Of Genesis uh, that basically where he was to stand he was to look around and as far as he could see from this this hillside in all directions was the land that would be his that would be given to him and so he has all of this promise the promise of, of, of land uh, and And he says, I will show you this land and it will be yours. And within the framework of this land,
0: it says, I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. To make of
1: him a great nation was saying, I'm going to give you great amount of descendants. He's made a promise to Abraham. I'm not going to go into the details of the story, but I'm looking around and thinking I'd be preaching to the choir, but we, we all know the basic picture of Abraham and Sarah and their impatience, uh, to see God's promise fulfilled because they were getting old and, and the, 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 the jumping the gun with, 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 uh, uh, Sarah's, uh, servant, uh, and having a child that way. Thinking that if we don't do this, we we won't do this. We're helping it along. And I come back to God's picture here. God walked through that that pathway alone. He was going to make this happen. So sometimes we get impatient. Have you ever felt felt that you're waiting for God to do something that you really feel He's going to do, and 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 uh, you're you're just Impatient for it to happen? What's, what might be an impatient thing? I I'm was thinking all the way through the New Testament, they were impatient for a particular event. The second coming of Christ. Maranatha comes soon, Lord Jesus. <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, that is something we all long for. To live as Christ, to die is gain. The worst thing that can happen is we lose our physical life and we win. We don't lose. What is mortal is swallowed up by life, Paul writes in, 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 in 2 Corinthians. You know, so it's, it's, it's what we look forward to. So we get impatient about waiting sometimes on the Lord, and, and we can see even in little things where we think of, uh, we just give it a little nudge, you know, help it along its way somehow. But the bottom line is, is that God has got, you know, got this taken care of, and, and what he was telling Abraham was, this is going to come from you and he was referring to Sarah because they had already been married. What happens when the two get married? They become, and that goes clear back to Genesis chapter two. So, uh, we have this picture of, of them having these great, many descendants
0: and, uh, ultimately he has Isaac and we
1: all know the story that goes with that relationship, too, basically. God called Abraham to put that on the line. He says, how much, you know, basically God's saying, how much do you trust me That that this is going to be fulfilled through
0: you and Sarah and your descendants? Offer your son to me. This was something that, wasn't alien to Abraham from the cultures around him, but it was alien from him to him from anything God had ever asked of him. But he did, and prepared to go and do it. In fact,
1: Isaac even asks,
0: uh, "You know, uh,
1: where, where's the offering, Dad? God will provide." By the way, he tells his servants, you "Look at the, the language." Plural, when we come back. <laughs> He's that sure. I think, he, in fact, we find out as we put it all together through some comments in the New Testament. If a resurrection was necessary, it would have happened. He was that confident that God was going to complete these promises. So many descendants. And as we look at the, the readings that we've gone through these last uh, this last week, we have the son of uh, his son Isaac, and then Jacob, and he changed Jacob's nail, name to Israel, and all the the sons of of, of Jacob. And uh, he says, through all of your many, many, many descendants, the earth is going to be blessed. So we come back to the seed. The line through all of this is that there is a seed, and he speaks to Abraham about a seed at one point, and 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 so. Again, this picture, there is a, a singular child that will be born that's going to change everything. He will bless the nations. He will bless all the people of the earth. All the earth shall be blessed. And as I was looking at this, I, 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 I thought to myself, something that Jesus had
0: uh, done, uh, recorded in, in Luke chapter 22. Or excuse me. Luke
1: chapter 24. Uh, this is after the resurrection. And it says the, the very day, speaking of the resurrection, two of uh, two were walking or going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and dis, uh, uh, discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And then one of them named uh, Cleopas answered, and, uh, answered him,
0: all of the descendants of Jacob, which would be the descendants of Abraham. Yes,
1: and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he
0: was alive.
1: Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Jesus says to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them to all the scriptures, all the things concerning himself, all of the prophecies, all of the things that concerning himself i wonder did he go to 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 some of the psalms, or did he he go to isaiah fifty three where what what
0: what scriptures did he share with them, all these things that he shared with them Acts chapter three. Chapter 3 verse 11. While, well,
1: uh, there was the beggar that, the lame beggar that was healed. Okay, and this is the follow up to that. While he, the, the beggar, clung to, to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Sol- Solomon's. And, and when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our power or piety, we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith, is in his, uh, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see now. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen in that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and and those from whom after him also proclaim these days, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God having raised up his servant. Sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. It's just, this is the promise of Abraham. This is, this is what's tied to this covenant. One more scripture to look at that goes with this out of, out of Galatians chapter three. Because I, I have read a few, uh, commentators that that say that the promise of uh, the, the the covenant of abraham is old testament and i'm going to suggest to you that the covenant of abraham is scriptural and the bible and the scarlet thread <laughs> in, in other words it's 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 all tied together and look at it chapter uh three of galatians verse 26 In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Uh, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Errors according to the promise. What promise? It goes all the way back to Abraham that all the nations and the peoples of the world will be blessed. Uh, it is so powerful when you realize that it's all tied together. It goes from one to the next to the next. And it's it's Old Testament, New Testament. It's just Old Testament pointing to Christ and the New Testament uh, notice, you know, seeing Christ
0: born and looking back and telling us how to put it together. All the earth is blessed. We see it
1: in Luke, in Jesus' teaching. We see it here as Peter uh, teaches. Now we see it in Galatians as Paul writes. We are the church, the bride of Christ, the children of Abraham. And that brings us back to that that kid's song. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the
0: Lord. Because <laughs> I don't want to fall over in front of you. <laughs> Within the midst of this, we have this,
1: this reality that our participation in this was something that started with eight, you know, with, with Genesis chapter three, the seed of a woman to the seed of Abraham to the seed of, of Isaac to the seed of Jacob to the, and it just goes on and on and on and on until we get to the
0: seed of Mary. And when that's why we, we, traced out their their lineages, why we looked at, took a look at them,
1: to see this whole line, because it's all tied to this context of a, of a scarlet thread or a crimson thread. Sometimes it's called that. The reality is, is that for us to be able to participate in this, there is nothing we can bring. Just as that covenant was made with Abraham and God passed through the sacrifice alone, it all rests on God to accomplish. It is the same today. Jesus Christ took the sacrifice on Himself and paid it alone. There is nothing we can do to earn, to to uh, draw ourselves into it, to bring something to the altar that that will somehow enhance the, the what has been accomplished on the cross. It has been paid in full.
0: We're going to sing the the, the song uh, for
1: communion in just a minute. Jesus paid it all, and within the framework of that song, there's the one of the, the verses says, "And when before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save my le- lips shall uh, still repeat, Jesus paid it all." But when I read that verse and thinking of the of communion too. It it made me think of Zechariah chapter three, and and uh, I think that this is an, uh, a verse that sometimes is is overlooked as it, in its in its sense of of, of beauty. Zechariah uh, chapter three uh, verses uh, well probably let's see one
0: through five. Joshua is being shown a vision and, and,
1: and the, the Lord is, is the one that's in, in, at, at the forefront. And it says, then he showed me Joshua. The, the, the Lord is showing him, showed me Joshua, not Joshua of, of Moses time. Joshua was, was apparently a high priest at some point in the lineage of high priest. And, and, and he showed me Joshua the high priest. And he was standing before the angel of the Lord. the angel of the Lord is always Jesus Christ. When it says an angel an angel of the Lord," it can be one of, of God's angels. but when it says "The angel of the Lord," the messenger of the Lord, the one who reveals the
0: Father, we're told in John chapter one, verse 18, there's only one that fits that: Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord and, and, and Satan is standing also at the
1: right hand to accuse Joshua. What it's saying is is Satan's got out his list of Joshua's life, and he can pinpoint every spot and blemish and stain, everything that missed the mark of God. Do you think the list would be substantial? Even though he's a high priest, in the, in the temple? Well, if we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and and and, and we're all, you yeah, know, yeah. And one page may not be enough. It's not enough for any of us, probably. <laughs> you know, and so Satan is standing there just like this, ready
0: to accuse him. So that tells us this is the judgment seat. And before anything happens,
1: Satan standing at the Lord's right hand to, or Joshua's right hand to accuse him and the Lord said to Satan the Lord rebuke you.
0: O Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not the
1: brand plucked from the fire? He's calling Joshua the high priest a brand <laughs> plucked from the fire, which means he's he's been plucked from the gates of hell. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments. That's an amazing picture because do you know what the high priest wore? The most beautiful garments that anybody had ever seen and, and, and anybody had ever made. And they were, there was embroidery, there was jewels. There were, it's just an amazing thing to, to think of and to comprehend and to, and to see. And he's standing before
0: the Lord and it says they're filthy. You see, anything a man makes just doesn't measure up to what heaven is. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy
1: garments from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. The clothing of God in his righteousness. By the way, that's tied to
0: the blood of Christ and what he has done. We sing a song, Be Washed in the Blood of the Lamb. And so they put a clean
1: turban on his head and clothed him with the garments, and the angel of the Lord was standing
0: by. What a powerful picture. Satan is sitting there like this. Where did you accuse him? and doesn't even get to open his mouth. Because it says, I, God, the, the, the angel of the Lord, I have plucked him from the fire. He's mine. This all goes back to, to Abraham, Father Abraham. The Father, and what was one of the sayings
1: that, that people used in the time of Jesus? The father, you know, we believe in the God of
0: Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By the way, that's still a common phrase within a Jewish community. But the fullness of that picture is revealed in Jesus Christ. So I come back to this song that we're going to sing and have the worship team come
1: up. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. In Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. There's nothing that we can do. It all rests on him. Our salvation is in him and him alone. There is no other name under heaven that thou can be saved
0: than Jesus Christ. Go to Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and it'll tell you that. Let's sing this song, Jesus Paid It All.